It's time now for our 360 Spotlight. We're looking at the gambling space and more. To discuss all of this, we'd like to welcome in Tommy Mancuso, president and founder of the Bad Investment Company. So you have your ETF, and I like the branding, bad. Okay, so it's bad but good. Tell us a little yep. bit about why uh, this was created and why this is probably really seeing some value at this point. Absolutely. So we, uh, the original idea of the bad ETF uh, came from a little bit of a contrarian view towards ESG to some, to some extent. But when we kind of peeled back the onion and looked at the core values behind each of these industries, when we look at the betting, alcohol and drugs, drugs primarily being pharmaceuticals, there's a lot of value there and they have withstood the test of time. They've undergone government scrutiny and they've actually thrived under those certain circumstances. And there's a lot of clarity when it comes to this drug, something that ESG funds lack as we start to see more uh, fund managers implement energy and all that type of stuff in their funds. So when we kind of look at these industries, betting, alcohol, and drugs, there's a value play to them. You look at the betting, there's a growth aspect. It's expanding from a legalization standpoint. You look at the a little cannabis that we have in it. We're just, you know, in the news as of lately, we're seeing that the House is looking to vote on it. It's going to get moved to the Senate. So just look at all the tailwinds and the value at underneath the underlying holdings in it. We think it's set up for truly sustainable long-term success for investors at the end of the day. Right, we used to call some of these the sin stocks, right? Um, yeah. You know, and now it's the bad ETF. And it really um, has a, a, obviously so many different things in it. Um, I'd like to break it down a little bit. Uh, betting is such a big part. I mean, right now, everybody I know is obsessed with March Madness. Um, you were focusing on names like um, DraftKings and Penn and BetMGM and Caesars. Um, these are some of the names that you like. You talked about some value there. Maybe we could just do a few seconds on each one of the groups. So tell me a little bit yeah. about that. Absolutely. So in regards to DraftKings, kind of talking about that one, they're the forefather, in my opinion, of mm -hmm. bringing the online sports book to you, the consumer. Now they're re continuously reinvesting in themselves and that's going to pay off long term. When we look at an investment, we're not looking for the immediate quick buck. We want to see what's going to be successful three, five, 10 years out from now. And I think DraftKings really has the capability and the brand to support that from a long-term investment standpoint. We look at Penn Gaming, they have their, you know, their, their brick and mortar type of business model, but they've embraced the Barstool Sports culture. And that, I believe that, in, that culture has a lot more influence than what people maybe originally think. So you combine that with their innovation, it's gonna provide a nice tailwind for Penn Gaming in the long run. It's, there's a lot of young people involved. Again, it kind of sets them up for long-term sustainability. Now we look at BetMGM. They've obviously embraced the online sports book. They're going big into their online advertising, but they're also a behemoth and they have their, you know, their Vegas resorts and all that type of stuff where they're going to be able to really stick to their traditional customers and attract new uh, consumers and customers when it comes to their online sports book. Same deal situation with Caesars. Uh, again, they've got their luxury resorts and they are now they're embracing that online sports book. They have their, their, they have their customers already and now they're just going to continuously build on that, especially as we see more states legalize sports betting across the United States. So. Right. Yeah. And, you know, um, even though some of these stocks have pulled back, 
they're working, right? You see people are gambling. Um, you know that you have a reopening trade there, too, as people get back to the casinos. As far as drinking, you know, people, um, there's no doubt there were a lot of stats about a rise in alcohol consumption, particularly during the pandemic. What I am curious mm -hmm. about, and I see why you're putting these in there, what I am curious about is your thoughts on cannabis. People would love your expert advice on that. Um, you did mention what's going on in Washington as they're moving forward uh, with basically, you know, not making it um, illegal federally. I mean, that's basically what they're moving forward with this act that they're moving forward. But it may really hit a wall. So in the meantime, because it's right, it's not guaranteed. In the meantime, the cannabis stocks, we look at MJ, for example, that group's down over the last year, mm -hmm. maybe 50%. But you think at some point they'll have this jump? Absolutely. I think again, as more states and the government look to generate additional tax revenue, they're going to be more open to the idea of, uh, of, of, of legalizing uh, the cannabis uh, space. And when, you know, right now, as these companies are building their infrastructure and everything that goes around uh, building it, you know, a successful cannabis company, once they flip the switch, which will eventually happen, then these companies are going to be in a great position to already roll out all of their products and attract new customers. We'll see a, a, a ramp in marketing because there's a lot of restrictions in that. So when you build some of the awareness around the cannabis space, you're starting to see a little bit of transition of people kind of look at cannabis as not so much a vice, but as sometimes a truly medical deal. We've seen people get off of Xanax and you're starting to people go off into more of a cannabis type of product sure. for sleep purposes and whatnot. So you add all those up yeah. scientifically and legalization, it's going to provide a nice tailwind for the cannabis industry in the long run, certainly. Yeah, and there certainly seems to be a lot more support for medical marijuana rather than rec recreational. Easy for me to say. That being said, um, last but not least, as the, I look at the allocation of, of the names that you have in the ETF, how often are you changing the names? We saw some of the heavily weighted names in there were Kronos and um, Canopy, for example. So those were in the Canopy space. How many names are in the ETF and how often do you change them? Yep, so there are 57 total holdings, actually 54 now. We just had a rebalancing uh, prior to the quarter and we rebalanced it on a quarterly uh, a quarterly basis. Uh, and that will be based off of certain market conditions, the market caps and things of that nature. So again, we like to have a broader perspective when we look at all these industries and this is why we took this multi-sector approach, but we do rebalance it to answer your question on a quarterly basis. And again, we're just trying to get what are the highest quality companies in each of these and focus on those specifically at the end of the day. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's great to see you. What is the picture? I just am curious so the in the triangle and the thing behind you. That's uh, that is our bowl, our logo. It's the bad investment company. And then the shirt is a little spinoff of the dare symbol that we uh, did that says invest in betting alcohol and drugs, NYSCBAD. So. Again, we're embracing the uh, we're embracing the, uh, the theme, certainly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think people will like the bull part, too. Thank you so oh, yeah. much. It's wonderful to see you. Tommy Mancuso of The Bad ETF. Great to see you in The Bad Investment great. Company. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day.